Welcome to Inspirational Living with Shonda Jenkins. Are you ready to rediscover you? On this show, I share stories from my own personal experiences, knowledge from spiritual teachers, mindfulness leaders, and philosophers, guiding people to inner healing, self-discovery, and self-love. If you're tired of feeling stuck in cycles from your subconscious programming, or you feel like your life lacks a sense of purpose, tune in today while I share with you another tip on how you can live a more fulfilling, joyful, and purposeful life. Welcome back to Inspirational Living. I'm your host, Shauna Jenkins, and today I have Adrienne Carsey. She is the owner of Life in the Moment, which is a mindfulness, mindfulness, Reiki, and meditation business. She offers a variety of different classes, different healing techniques, and I'm going to allow her to share that um, with you guys in a moment. This is a special treat. She's going to be sharing her knowledge about what she does, in addition, providing you a tool that's going to be inspirational and it's going to help you today. So welcome to my show. Adrian, glad to finally connect with you. Likewise. Likewise. We always have such great conversations. I'm excited about our chat today. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm excited. And I've something I forgot to mention is she also does mindfulness parenting. Is it mindfulness parenting or what is it called? Uh, yeah, conscious parenting, mindful conscious parenting. parenting. Yep. Okay. So that is also additional things um, that she does. So we might get into that as well. So can you share? with our audience a little bit about your business and what you do sure so everything is like you mentioned it's a variety of things and everything is kind of under the umbrella of energy um so as an energy worker it's using sound healing reiki crystals things like that um to help balance and release people's energy um, as far as, you know, the world of mindfulness and meditation, it's just really learning how to slow down, release control and recognize, um, our own energy. So it's a, it sounds like a bunch of random things, <laughs> but it's really, um, different ways, both traditional and unique ways to teach people, you know, that identification process, what feelings live where, or, how do certain things make me feel? And then these are safe and kind ways that I can kind of experience more balance. Okay. So it sounds like you, uh, you do deal a lot with feelings. Um, and when you say like kind of how the energy with managing the energy, can you share with me like kind of what that means? Yeah. So just experiencing the energy of emotions. I feel like as humans, um, we are made to experience multiple emotions at one time. And we're not really taught that um, mm. ever, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize that until I was well into my 30s that, oh, it's it's normal to experience like anger on top of hurt feelings or joy and grief in the same moment or, um, you know, all of that, like all of these emotions are literally just energy in motion. So they come in waves and sometimes they come together and, you know, just kind of letting people know that all of that is expected. It's understandable. All of these are, all of these emotions are human nature and it's completely normal to not only feel one of them at the same time, but, you know, three, five. 
from the <laughs> you know, all kind of walking hand in hand. And I, I use the example sometimes when, you know, like we're feeling bound energy wise and we, we may go somewhere and have a moment of like hysterical laughter. And then yeah. all of a sudden that laughter trails off into like sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> just happened like I promised I was just happy and that was a good thing and then but you know that sadness or grief is like oh I'm coming too so <laughs> yep. it's all about the feeling and embodying that oh wow so because I guess I never really thought about that but now that I think about it like when I am experiencing an emotion like it is layers to it and it sometimes it feels like it's like huge as well like the feeling of all those emotions is that when it's the multiple emotion I mean the multiple feelings when 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 it's really huge or what is it what I'm feeling when it's like super huge and it's all hit me at once I would say it's probably the combination of all of them that we're feeling you know it it seems like slowing down to pinpoint each one or or just kind of generalize it you know sometimes we're not going to be in the headspace to say yeah this is jealousy this is disappointment this is whatever but to slow down and say okay i know my feelings are hurt mm-hmm. and i know that the anger is there too you know, so just slowing down to separate them to me can give some of that breathing space because otherwise it's just like feeling. But then if it's like, oh no, I have here frustration, I have here anger, I have here hurt feelings. And I feel like raising kids is <laughs> the biggest form of that, you know, and it's really taught me like how much of a band-aid emotion anger is, right? My son is five years old and as an adult, he hurts my feelings sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so rather than that vulnerable space of saying, hey, that really hurt my feelings. I understand you're frustrated, but that was kind of rude. That hurt my feelings. You know, a lot of times that band-aid response of anger comes in because it's mm. much less vulnerable for our body. So just understanding that in that moment And that's kind of what conscious parenting is, is, you know, ideally the thought comes before the emotion happens, Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't, that's human nature again, you know? Um, And so the sooner we can realize, oh, like I responded with anger in that moment because my feelings were hurt. Or for example, you know, it's really important to my son to do well writing, like writing letters. And when he doesn't, it makes him really sad. Well, it's hard for me to see him really sad. And my brain just sometimes flips it into anger, mm. you know, like <laughs> because it's sad for me to see him sad and I can't control it. And so my brain just kind of takes off with it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the awareness of saying like, oh, this is why I was sparked. This is why I reacted like this. And this is how I would like to make a more mindful, you know, have a more mindful response next time. Okay. No, no, that is definitely helpful. And with doing this, like what made you decide to actually do conscious parenting and, and start your own business? Um, I would say like the, the initial start of it, um, what year is it? So about six, a uh, little over six years ago, my dad had a massive stroke and lived for eight days in the hospital before he died. Mm. Um, and so, 
you know, already starting that like uncontrollable journey. I, I was his only child. So I had to make some decisions that no child should ever have to make. Um, and then very unintentionally got pregnant with my son two months later. Mm. And so I was instantly on this, like, <laughs> just a rapidly moving roller coaster of like joy, grief, um, you know, surprise having a child I'd never planned to have. Um, and then two of my best friends at the time, um, all they ever wanted was to be parents and they had lost multiple children. So I watched them as I told them I was pregnant and it was like this whole just tornado of everybody experiencing so many different feelings. And I finally just like, okay, we all have to just talk about this and be able to express what we need to safely when we need to. Um, so that was the start kind of into the mindfulness and uh, just slowing down um, before it just felt like my chest was going to explode. You know, just that like overwhelming, like you were talking about, just you're like in that cloud and can't, you know, can't catch a fresh breath around it. Yeah. Um, and then I, a primary parent have been since my son was born. Um, and at six weeks old, um, he was just having one of those newborn nights where he was like barely sleeping. And I went and picked him up and, you know, I was t exhausted, frustrated and the energy that I picked him up with. And I said, what do you need? And his whole little six week old body just flinched for me. Mm -hmm. And I was instantly like, you know, instantly like brought him to my chest. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And at that moment, like I understood that he felt that and mm -hmm. I would prefer to never have him feel like that again. And so that really started the, the conscious parenting aspect of it and saying like, okay, like, let me figure out how to deal with my own things and try as much as I can to make them separate from parenting, even though realistically, all of that is very intertwined. So, yeah, that's a lot to have experienced to with your dad and then having a baby afterwards and all the hormones that's flooded in your body at, with the baby, then with your friends, like, like I can imagine everything that you might have been experienced. Like I know that that seemed like it was like I could feel how that could have felt for you. Oh, all of yeah. that. Yeah. It, it was a lot. So I had to slow down and piece by piece be like, okay, if I want to stay like sane and alive, then <laughs> this is what we have to slow down and figure out. Oh wow. Do you do you think that that is something that everybody needs, like as far as like slowing down when they feeling like that? I do, definitely. And it's and it's slowing down in different ways. And mm. it's slowing down for different reasons. You know, there are people who can relate to my experience and there are people who cannot relate to it at all, but they have their own reasons that they need to slow down and, you know, with, with families and, and careers and things like that. Um, there is usually some reason that we all need to need to kind of slow down. And that's where I love the variety. I love to bring the, the variety of things I have, you know, a sound bath with crystal bowls and drums and chimes and instruments. And then um, 
I have another class that's really loud, more modern music. Uh, you know, it's a combination of R&B, affirmation music, hip hop, Motown, reggae, and we listen to it loud and I have like party <laughs> lights. And so it's like the, I want to offer people the whole range of really like finding what you need to drop in, you know, and, and a lot of people see, they see meditation and mindfulness is like, you know, your typical, hmm, like, yeah, sitting, yeah, still quiet. And, and that's just not productive for some people. Some people it's actually counterproductive. Um, some people it's productive sometimes and sometimes it's not. And that's like another huge teaching moment in mindfulness is things don't always work all the time. You know, like it could be productive for somebody to journal for two weeks in a row and then they have no desire to touch a journal again for a month and instead of like being hard on ourselves like oh I forgot to journal I didn't you know just like yeah. more of flowing to like oh I did I didn't feel it today like did I find a way to slow down yes but it might not be the same way every time mm. and so, so that feeling like when someone's like dang I didn't get the journal why do you think we are like that we have that feeling like we're working on ourselves, and we're like okay I'm a journal every single day and then they we feel that feeling of dang I didn't do that why do you think that happens and is that really practicing mindfulness if we say that to ourselves or <laughs> yeah, yeah that's absolutely true um I think part of the reason we feel like that is a conditioned response um, we've been conditioned to like hustle, 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 get up every day in order to be productive. You have to wake up at 5am and then work out and then meditate and then write in a gratitude journal and then get your kids up and then cook them a healthy breakfast. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, and then you'll be successful, you know? And so I feel like that's driven into us as like that, that, that rigid consistency is helpful for for some people it may very well be and I would never judge that and I work with people like that and it, it works beautifully for them to to do a gratitude journal every single day mm -hmm. that's not my style I'm more of like an ebb and flow you know I'll listen to sound healing a few days and then I'll journal and then I'll meditate and then I'll have some crystals and then I, I've really just tried to learn to just show myself a little grace. Like yeah. if journaling doesn't feel good, then forcing it is just kind of going back into that, you know, the like moseying through life and all, let me go journal so that I can feel better. And yeah. <laughs> you know, if it, if it feels like a chore, then maybe it's just not the right practice for you in that day. Mm. So, so it's okay to not just have one practice. It's like, I can journal today. I can meditate tomorrow and, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the main, the, the main and most important part is slowing down to, to make sure you're doing something. Mm. And, and that happens to me on a regular basis it, you know, multiple days will go by and I'll be like, oh, I feel heavy. I feel funky. And then I think about it. And I'm like, oh, I've not done anything like <laughs> slow down <laughs> for myself, you know, and, yeah. and for me, my, my favorites can be kind of simple. It can be a super long, hot, intentional shower. It can be 
um, a ride in the car with the windows down, you know, th those are like my style of mindful moments sometimes. But yeah. just for me, remembering to do something that's bringing me back to this moment for no other reason than to help me find joy or experience more balance. Yeah. So that's not, and that kind of reminds me, you saying that, that kind of reminds me of your business name, Life at the Moment. So is that, is that the reason why you chose the name of your business, Life in the Moment? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, there are so many things that can like spark feeling in us throughout the day. Um, and we may not always have time to unpack them at that moment and to say like, oh, you know, go back to childhood and be like, oh, this is why I responded. We may not have the time to do that every day, but mm -hmm. we have the time to, to slow down and say, oh, that, <laughs> that stung a little bit more than usual. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, let me take a few deep breaths. Let me, you know, ma make sure I'm feeling grounded and, and able to respond respond more mindfully and then at another time another day we can unpack that but for right now like let's just get through this and try to regain more balance than we have in this moment yeah as as far as slowing down like what would you say has been a challenge of of being on that journey of just slowing down like what has been a challenge about that and how have you been able to overcome it um probably a, a challenge of slowing down is just having a five-year-old son <laughs> you know and, and a lot of a lot of mindfulness when you're around kids or raising kids it has to be done in that moment we we are not able to wait until we're away from the kids you know mm -hmm. when when you're watching a kid have really, really big feelings, like, like my son from as young as he could be, if I try to walk away, that was devastating to him. And so I saw very early, okay, that's doing more damage, mm. you know? So I had to learn how to slow down and find, find a line between, okay, let me learn how to be here for him. Like he needs to be, but also slow down and not like, reflexively respond to him in, in some ways that I may have been raised or you know things like that so yeah mm -hmm. definitely the challenge of how do I slow down in this moment when I can't step away or when you know when people may be at work in the middle of a meeting and they have a moment that they for whatever reason feel extreme imbalance whether that's a moment of high anxiety or anger towards a coworker or things like that, you know, that, that can be the challenge and mm. all right, this, the whole world is continuing to go on around me right now when I'm in this huge moment of overwhelm. And so taking that moment to be back here and say like, okay, I see that. I see that emotion. I honor it. And like, let's, <laughs> let's move yeah. through it and find some balance in this moment. And that can be challenging, especially, you know, for a lot of us, you know, at least the majority of the population, when you try to work through that, then you have a child and you might even have your own stuff that you're dealing with. And then you're trying to be this parent and you got all these emotions going through you and whatever you might, maybe you had a bad day at work or maybe you fell in in your relationship 
and you're trying to keep it together, like, how can you keep it together <laughs> if if you're that parent that has like all these things going on? Yeah, a support system first and foremost. Um, and for me, that includes a range of a support system. Mm. That includes your friends or family that you can call in those moments of devastation where your child might be in the other room screaming, having a tough time. That might be, you know, somebody that you just call and say, hey, let me let me bounce an idea. I'm not sure how to get through this. It may be, I mean, I have friends that I, I call and say, hey, I need a shallow day. <laughs> like, I need you, but I don't want to talk about anything. I don't want you to ask any questions. I want to go to Frankie's Fun Park without the kids. <laughs> like, I, you know, like, and, and that whole range of a support system is so important. And then even more importantly, making sure that we actually reach out to them. And this is no judgment because I do the same thing. I have an amazing support system and my life would be significantly more joyful and balanced if I reached out to them as much as I probably needed to. Yeah. So yeah, the support system for sure. And then for me, being honest with the people around us, um, that was one of the the beautiful things that came from my dad passing is, is before that, I mean, I was bound with emotion and, and that was, I think I was like 30 years old. Um, I was bound with emotion before that, but when he died, I, it literally broke me open. I was just mm. sobbing in front of strangers and, you know, things would get so awkward sometimes. And I would throw some humor in there and I just had to be I had to be honest about those feelings or I was like literally suffocating on them. And so there are things that with my son, you know, I'm honest with my son, we're going through a massive mold remediation at our house right now. And we're both trying to detox our bodies from mold. And so I tell him like, Oh, I apologize. I'm, I'm so frustrated and exhausted today. And it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I understand for some parents, that's not how they prefer to parent. And I, and I understand that, um, you know, a lot of parents believe like, don't necessarily bring the kids into adult things. Mm. I feel like I'm just letting my son know that my frustration is not him yeah. and that I'm working on it, <laughs> you know, and, and even though it might be pointed at him sometimes it's because he's the person closest to me and he's, you know, we're together a lot of the time. And so I'm honest with him about that. And, you know, I'll tell him like, well, my energy is very low today. So I ran out of energy to respond mindfully to that. I apologize. Like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm very honest about stuff like that. And, you know, for, for a five-year-old, he is very emotionally aware because of that. And so that, that's just how that's how I prefer, you know, to, to just not necessarily bring him in on everything that's going on, but let him know that the emotions I'm experiencing are because of the culmination of my life right now and not him. Mm. No, I love that. I, I think that if children knew, like what we were experiencing, I feel like because they are intelligent they're intelligent individuals and I think if you told them then they won't internalize it because I was learning about how 
at a young age, the intellect is not really like the, the um, trying to think exactly how I want to say this, like more of the analytical side of the brain is not really that developed. So it's more like the feeling type. And so they're not able to look at things like and analyze it as much as like an adult. And so when we are affecting them or when other people are affecting them and hurting their feelings, like it affects them a lot worse because um they have that feeling side of their brain that they um they they pretty much the strongest part at that moment. Do you know what do you know about that or can you talk about that? At a certain developmentally at a certain age in kids' brain literally everything in their life they feel like is their fault it's because of them they're they're they live in a them-centered world and so when something happens they automatically think like oh that was because of me or that's my fault or I did that or I could have helped that and so that's something that I feel like these conversations I'm having with my son really hopefully take that off of of his plate and you know, if I'm not honest like that, it comes out in ways that are, I don't want to say petty. I mean, sometimes I guess petty, but, you know, thinking about one day where it was one of those days where he was just asking for things and asking for things and asking for things. And I heated him up a towel when he got out of the bathtub and the <laughs> towel wasn't hot enough. And him telling me that towel wasn't hot enough. <laughs> so sad for me and I literally started crying and I was like do you know who warms up my towels nobody <laughs> and then I was like all right <laughs> slow it down Adrian there's a part of you that needs some love right now and like he is not responsible for that and I told him, you know like immediately I was like oh I'm sorry about that <laughs> that was my that was my body showing me that I need some love in some kind of way so I'm gonna look into that and next time I'll try to get your towel hotter <laughs> <laughs> but but to me that's how feelings are if we don't speak about them honestly they're gonna bubble up and they're gonna come out in some ways that we may not prefer mm. you know may not prefer them to come out and I've, I've experienced a lot of that I'm, I'm a person with a lot of fire inside my voice and so yeah when I continue to stifle and stifle it, you know, it, it wants to come out. So. Wow. And why do you think that people don't want to talk about that feelings? Why do you think that is the reason why we don't, I'll just say the collective don't, yeah. don't want to talk about that feelings. I was, I would just say it's, it's uncomfortable. It's vulnerable. And the majority of us were not taught how to. Mm -hmm. um to to no fault of older generations because they weren't taught to and like that I, that's one of the things that I think is the beauty in social media and TikTok and Facebook is because now we know that these are generational generational traumas and these are like deeply ingrained and and genetically ingrained things in our lives and so we know that like we have the right to seek balance and joy, right? Mm -hmm. Older generations weren't taught that. They were taught to wake up, get a steady job, raise kids. Like they were taught, yeah. you know, get you a 401k, 
get you good health insurance and then you're set. Um, so yeah, I just think it's that we weren't taught um, and it's vulnerable and in many places it's not socially acceptable to just be like, hey, you really hurt, that really hurt my feelings, mm. you know? Um, we're raised more in the like, to say that you, you really hurt my feelings. You made me so mad, but, but to slow down and like, own this is what I was feeling. You mm. know, this is maybe how I know why it impacted me the way it did. You know, I think about just, just the different ways we can feel about things on a regular basis. You know, somebody can say something to us one day, um, and it's cool and it's funny and hot, like genuinely funny. And then they may say something similar the next week. And because of a different place in our personal cycles or our, or our home situation or whatever, it can just, that comment can just hit different. And it can be, it can really hurt feelings that time. And, you know, we're just as like a society, not very open about that. Mm. So wow. I've made it a place in my own you know, circle to try to let people know, you know, like genuinely have whatever emotion you need to have. My son's first birthday party, I cried 80% of the birthday party. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just what it was, you know, I had like 40, 40, 50 people there and, and, and that was just the me that they were going to get that day and they did. <laughs> I miss my dad and I'm not going to hide it and I can still grieve and celebrate my child and wish my dad was here all at the same time. Yeah. People rolled with it. And if they were uncomfortable, they hit it well. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's one thing about this is like, it sounds so uncomfortable to do, but when you start doing it, you see the relief in other people because mm. they're like, they're like to, you know, to be around people who can, who can speak like that and to, and to laugh, you know, to talk to a friend and be like, Oh, what you said yesterday, that hurt my feelings and not always have to make it a hard conversation or yeah. a whatever, or, a you know, but just to be honest, if you're sitting at the, at the dinner table at Christmas and you really miss a parent or a child or a family member, like I encourage people to say that because yeah. somebody else at that table is probably missing them too. And so when you like, pass their favorite food or whatever and say, Hey, you remember this used to be mom's favorite food, or let me play our uncle's favorite song or, you know, like all of that just has, it's been so long that stuff like that has just been hidden and stifled that mm. it just does a lot of damage in our body. Mm. And you think that talking about, you think doing that really helps with the healing? I do. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a combination of talking about it verbally and then finding our own practices to release the, the emotion from our body personally. I think that's for me anyway, maybe not for everybody, but for me, that's two separate. Yeah. Like two separate arms of or my needs. Okay. And so when you are doing your, um, when you teach in classes, what, what is it that you have found has been the common people that come to your classes like what are they looking for what are they needing probably emotional balance mm. yeah of, of some sort so 
whether that means um, that somebody feels like anxiety is like running their life, you know, anxiety is like calling all the shots, people in deep stages of grief, um, kids who have these big emotions and haven't quite learned how to safely and kindly express them yet. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's all about like just that kind of slowing down of the feeling tornado, I call it. So whatever that feeling is, I think people, a lot of people are seeking balance from it, especially in like family units and kids. And, you know, when, when one kid is majorly out of balance, it can, I mean, a whole family unit is, is then kind of out of balance. So Mm. Because it it affects everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nobody wants to see their loved ones in massive distress, you know? And even if that manifests in us in anger and being mad at a kid because they can't control their feelings really deep down, I feel like that's because it's really hard to see a kid, any kid, especially a kid that's made from us or that we're responsible for, you know, seeing them like that is deeply sad sometimes yeah yeah it like I do I believe I do conscious parenting um I teach my kids a lot about like the mind and how it works but before you know I hadn't always done that and what I have what I have always done is I have always apologized in my house even before I guess I was doing conscious parenting because I was aware of it but um like if I will get loud or, um, you know, I will apologize because I really feel like um, apology was something that is important for them to know. Like when I do something wrong, like that they're not always like, like we all make mistakes, you know, and it's not always about pointing the finger at, at your child or whatever. So um, that was something I actually started implementing in my house and just being very open I'm in a bad mood like I'm in a bad mood (laughs) I need to step away let me go take a nap or let me go take a walk or drive um Mm -hmm. so that I'm not deflecting that you know onto them yeah yeah I definitely feel like teaching kids that we're human is probably one of the biggest gifts we can give them because otherwise we're trying to teach them to be perfect. And so that w- when they have these days where they just, man, eh, you know, I don't really feel like it days, which we all have, then they feel like they they're bad or they feel like they're wrong or, you know, the apologizing is, is probably to me the most effective way to let them know we're human. And, and I'd gone through, you know, even like stages of apologizing, they were uh, there was times that I apologized to my son and I say, you know, I'm sorry that happened, but you blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> yeah. And I, I've done it. So again, no judgment because I still, that is one, that is probably the most important thing to know about a mindfulness journey. It's not like you're, it's not like people achieve balance and then you ride that out you know, unfazed for the rest of your life. Like it doesn't work like that. It It is, it, you work on it every day and you have days depending on so many things where you could 
slip into a reflexive response. And so like just simply saying, I'm sorry, I want to respond more mindfully next time. Mm. Period. Not like I got mad because you were mad (laughs) because then that's teaching them that like they're responsible for my feelings and you know, yeah, they're not. I like that. I'm sorry. I, um, I need to respond mindfully next time. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that's all I can muster, you know, like, or, or I'm sorry. I want to speak to you more kindly than I just did. Okay. You know, I think that is definitely something I'm going to use too as well. Cause sometimes you don't really know what to say. And I think Mm -hmm. just having that it's it's going to be beneficial um it's it's definitely something that you can always recall because sometimes when you're frustrated or upset you're not really thinking it's great anyway (laughs) yeah yeah and and that's a huge remembrance in raising kids you know like in that heat of the moment is is not usually the time to try to teach a life lesson Mm-hmm. you know like when a kid is actively crying or screaming that's not the time to be in their face like take a deep breath and and it feels like it and again I do it so again <laughs> not passing any judgment I have done it and I you know try to tell my son like pick a safe and kind way just you know like <laughs> that's not the time always to teach the big poignant life lesson um just like when we're crying and upset and hysterical as adults it would be so silly for our friend to be like stop crying take a deep breath you know what I mean like no we <laughs> like give, give them a little time to feel you know because all we're doing like energetically is just like banging against mm. you know we're energetically banging against them already trying to reach out for some kind of balance oh geez so when you do that you think will that prevent them from wanting to express themselves if you do that to them yeah yeah I mean I I guess yeah I guess in an ultimate way that would oh I felt that yeah yeah it would and the way a lot of us were raised and you know that I resonated with that personally because I was very much raised to like go to my room and have my feelings and when my feelings were done then I could come back out Mm. you know what I mean and so yeah yeah I think a lot of people was raised that way it's like all right go cry in your room or something or you know I don't want to hear it you know go go figure it out and then come back when you're quiet and Mm. have yourself together wow so yeah this I mean like I guess that's kind of a new age a new age version of that like you know Wow. Not, I don't want to say yelling at a kid, but sternly telling a kid in the moment, take a deep breath. Stop yeah. Crying. You're fine. You're okay. Like, yeah, that could definitely impact how kids, uh, yeah, how kids learn to express themselves and what they personally see as right and wrong and okay and not okay and, and expressing themselves. Yeah. I have that connection a lot. I, I did with me having three kids and three different personalities I did I have learned that each one of them like to express their emotions differently and before I was that mom like all right let me teach a lesson in this moment or like trying to peel out what's going on when they're not talking and 
I realized like, you know, one of my kids, I just got to let them be. And then they'll come around and they might tell me, oh, I was upset because of this. Or they might send me a message and say, I'm mad because of this. And, and even though, you know, my ego is like, why they got to text me? But then I have to remind my ego, like, that's the way they don't have to express themselves, you know, because of course, naturally, I will want to control how they're telling me what their feelings but it's not my job to to control how they're telling me how they feel it's the fact that they're telling me how they feel is all, all that matters and so um I had to learn that each one of them I had to be patient I think it's been as a mom I feel like this has been like a self-development journey <laughs> every single day um because not all of them like to express their emotions. And when I look back, I, I didn't really express my emotions as a kid. And I, I think that's why I'm here to really make sure they have that voice to be able to express themselves. Yeah, it is absolutely. And to, to be that place that, you know, somebody to hold space for them, like we need, we needed space held for us you know, to show our emotions, because a lot of adults now are going, you know, experiencing this awareness that they don't ask for help, or that they don't, you know, that they work through everything by themselves, and then may come out afterwards and be like, oh, last week was, you know, not, like, now that I'm through it, let me tell you about last week, it was rough, you know, like, so many of us do that, and I think it's because we were raised that way, and you know, to your point that you're talking about your kid texting you, that's huge to give them the space to respond how they need to in that moment. Face-to-face -face conversation is not always comfortable for people, especially kids, especially after they just may have hurt their mom's feelings or frustrated their, you know, their dad or, or whatever. And so like in family sessions, I teach all kind of different, if, if families are open to be silly singing your emotions to each other or mm. you know writing having a family notebook writing back and forth that you write a letter and give it to the person and whatever emotion that needed to be expressed in there can be written and given to somebody or there's so many different ways to communicate rather than again how we were raised look me in my eye and tell me oh you my god <laughs> And that that was right that right there was like I feel like very traumatic because I really had trouble looking at people in the eyes and it would be always when I was in trouble and you know as an adult it's like I have learned to like now I can look people in the eyes but I had struggled with that even as an adult just looking people like in their face and feeling like I had to look down and and I know it was due to that look me in the eyes, look at me right in my eyes. And it's like, that that's very traumatic. It was a very traumatic feeling. And, and it's ego-based, you know? And the less like energy we have and the more overstimulated we are, the more our ego kind of can, can lead the way sometimes. And you know, talking about those moments where a kid is having really big emotions and I'm trying to teach a life lesson. Like there's times where I just want the crying to stop so we can go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I may not be thinking about the most mindful response, but 
but I always have the power afterwards or the next day or my son is known for two weeks later he'll be like you remember when you said and I'm like yep I apologize again for that (laughs) you know whenever it comes back around for them apologizing again if need be or you know just just going back and being open about that and even my son and I sometimes do it in like a a joking way you know they'll if he's having some really big emotions sometimes I'll put my hand out and be like hey come let me help you out of the feeling tornado come on grab my <laughs> and, there, and there's some days that that works beautifully and there's some days that that takes his frustration to a whole new level and okay. so kids are a great lesson and like everything doesn't always work mindfulness wise so like that didn't work so let's let's like a newborn baby let's try the next thing and let's <laughs> you know <laughs> Let's just flow with it and try to try to see if we can try to regain some balance. I love that. What is one piece of advice that you feel like um, my audience could benefit from, whether it's the slowing down or, you know, the conscious parenting and just something you feel like that could be beneficial for them and then they can like implement it today? That just made like 10 things fly through my head. Um, (laughs) I I would say really in a fun way, try to figure out what mindfulness practices Mm. that, that you resonate with. And for some people that, I mean, it can be anything like knowing you need a good cry. So you go, you have a, couple cry movies (laughs) like you have a you know a couple movies on standby that you go watch that you know will help with that cleanse or you know like I said finding the perfect song with the windows down and just there's so many different things um taking a hot bath is is a huge one for people there's so many different practices so I just encourage people to like expand their mind around what mindfulness is and how it brings you back to this moment. And I feel like a lot of it is really just doing things that help you to experience some kind of joy or balance for no other reason, but to do it for you. Mm. Well, I love that. I really do because you really have opened up my eyes to like mindfulness in like a different way of not just the meditation side, the you know, the being still, but it can also be in motion, like mm-hmm. driving in a car or, or just listening to some music to really put yourself in a more better space. It can be slowing down for a morning coffee or tea and having a routine that people do there where you're intentionally, you know, getting getting your favorite cup and you're going to sit in a comfortable spot to drink it and just slowing down to be mm. what do you, would you say inspires you like what keeps you going every single day with this work or just even showing up for yourself I would say all the the random updates that people send um, <laughs> the kind of work I do people sometimes you know clients tend to turn into friends and they'll shoot me little weird questions or 
or things like that. So I think just like the updates from people, whether it's family clients I work with that they're like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, my kid named their happy color or their frustrated color. And it really helped them get through a situation or, um, yeah, just all the updates that show me like people are getting a little bit more comfortable being weird, (laughs) you know, like, you know, people saying like, Hey, I was at the park today and I just took my shoes off and laid in the grass while my kid played and it felt amazing. And (laughs) you know, like little, little things like that, where people are like updating me that, that they found a way to have their mindful moment or their family found a little bit more peace in their getting ready for school routine, things like that. And before we wrap it up, and I really have enjoyed this, you have gave so much, so much knowledge um, and, and advice and just sharing your experience. And it's, it's been really beautiful. Like your story, like I have learned so much about you in these, these past few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) What is something you want to share that, that you feel like you called to share today that I haven't been able to ask you a question about what you think you would like to share before we wrap it up? Um, Really calling lately, especially being around the holidays, Mm -hmm. um, making sure people know to, or people feel safe to reach out about grief. Mm -hmm. Um, Grief in the pressure of a, you know, joyful holidays, like joy, joy, joy. Um, Grief can kind of weigh just as much during this time. Uh, Yeah, so I think really just that to me personally is one of the heaviest um, emotions that can really kind of disconnect people from things they really love. Um, because again, when that love comes out, that grief is, is right there hand in hand with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like living life with that grief, just sitting on your chest, uh, it, it naturally kind of disconnects us from things and people we love. So really just finding a safe space to reach out or, you know, there, there's plenty of things to even look up. There's free sound healings for grief on YouTube. There's um, free or nearly free grief counseling. There's support groups. There's things like that, um, that I really encourage people to take the time to explore those. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because definitely um, as we go into this holiday, I know we lost a few people this year. So um feel like it's important more than any time to really let my family know like hey I'm I'm there for you we can go to some some things and have have fun or we can cry or whatever as we go through this because everything is still fresh and um the holidays I know we're gonna when you said that about like passing like the food or like this is mom's favorite dish or whatever like um I think it's important I'm glad that you said that because 
because sometimes we try not to think about it or talk about it, but it's it's very important for for us to talk about it because it happened, you know, and that doesn't mean that we can't be happy and in grief at the same time. So you really have gave me, I guess, allow me to know that it is okay to grieve, but I can still be happy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that that is what I got from you that has really been beneficial for me um in this in this conversation. Yeah, and I and I guarantee that most of the time the people around you are feeling the same way. They just don't want to bring anybody down, you know, like quote unquote. And so everybody's sitting here at this joyful event in their own little, you know, grieving spaces. So Thank you so much, Adrienne, for coming on today. Do you want to tell my audience where to find you? Sure. So uh, lifeinthemomentsc.com is my website. Um, I also have a Facebook group called Not Your Mama's Mindfulness Community (laughs) 2.0. It's a weird group. (laughs) And we get silly and, and it's, you know, just like I'm talking about, it's this beautiful safe mix of heavy and silly and adult life and raising kids and it's just this mix of like exactly what life is and how to get through it and um it's a weird but beautiful space (laughs) yeah I I love her (laughs) Facebook group I might not post in there but I love the feed (laughs) this is always something that I need that's gonna make me laugh uh, or even make me have it like an aha moment like oh oh yeah I didn't think about it like that so yeah you should definitely if if you do anything today you should go add yourself to that <laughs> Facebook group <laughs> well thank you so much I'm going to be putting all her information in the show notes below so you can access her Facebook group you can access her website and get in touch with her and really learn ways that you can start slowing down and making time to really invite more mindfulness into your life and remembering that it doesn't have to look like anybody else. It just has to look like something for you that's going to bring you joy um, and that's going to bring you that balance that you need in your life. Um, Remember, it's not about being perfect. It's really about just doing life (laughs) every single day and remembering to love on yourself in those moments. So thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope that you have found inspiration in in listening to our conversation today and that you take the information that you learn and you're able to apply it to your life. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure that you share this with someone, share it on social media. You can tag me in the post, Um, share it with someone you love because remember sharing is caring. That's how we grow. So thank you guys again for tuning in and I love you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye.